0: Hey, welcome to another mid-mitten gaming podcast. I'm GM Jeff and with me as always is He's silent G- <laughs> Keeping it fresh, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keeping you on your toes, man. Gotta keep you on your toes.
1: With me always is
0: crickets. <laughs> right. I think it could be. That's actually pretty great. Uh Anyway, uh, today on uh, Mid Mitten Podcast, we're going to be talking a little bit about Gen Con and uh, uh, what I Michigan ex- GT. what I experienced at Gen Con, uh, the Michigan GT coming up, uh, and uh, everything like that. So, why don't we kick it off with the Michigan GT? Um, yeah.
1: Um, so, the Michigan GT is coming up here in October. There's posts on the Free Blades player, player page uh the dgs page i believe and our Midmitten gaming page and if there's not we'll get one on there but uh and michigan DGS free blades discord dgs discord as well but um we are super excited about that uh currently jeff i think we have about 16 players signed up is that right
0: yeah we have 16 players signed up so that's just two so two weeks away dang
1: yeah, it is coming up quickly, and I am super excited as well, as I know a lot of people here are. But we are super excited to see you guys, we're super excited to see those lists, and all those tactics that are coming out. Um, this will be a good podcast for you to listen to if you're coming to the GT, or even if you're thinking about it, because um, we're going to talk a little bit about tactics
0: and some stuff like that with uh, Jeff, who... Um, you I'll know. tell you the secret sauce on how to win a tournament.
1: <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> It's have really well-painted miniatures. It has because... cumin in it.
0: Cumin is...
1: <laughs> cumin. He's like, ah, I see you're about to spike there. Splashes the eye. The... <laughs> we Red r- pepper r- to the...
0: R- cayenne to the face. <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. Um, so if any of your opponents cried, that's the reason why. Um, anyway... With, so- with,
0: uh, with the GT there, we actually... Uh, so if you're coming to the GT already or are thinking about coming to the gt for free blade stuff we actually have an i'm running uh actually juice and i are running an encounters game on friday night it starts around 4:30, i think i can't remember the time and then uh that'll be like a two to four hour event and so uh you can come enjoy some free encounters with us uh materials are provided but if you want to bring your own great bring your own and then uh, on Sunday, if you're stick, sticking around for Sunday, we actually have a couple of... Uh, we have a little mini campaign that we're going to be kicking off at 11 o'clock. It's just two games, and uh, that should be a lot of fun as well. So you can join sign up for a... both. There's slots available for both of those things. That's what I was going to say, yeah.
1: So oh, while we're on the topic, michigan gt so when you guys are looking at signing up you're going to notice right away the price point's a little different from the normal conventions you've been to before that is because the michigan gt is a tournament convention they do not have a badge prize or badge price they didn't have a badge price entry they don't have a badge prize either but um whenever you sign up you don't have to pay for a badge um you can actually i think you can just walk into the gt for the most part you don't even have to play there if you if you yep.
0: just were like a no, bad. no badges.
1: Yeah. We don't need no stinking badges. Anyway, um but with that, uh you guys you'll see that price point there, but that um that includes, you know, the, the cost of the convention as well as a lot of price support. So uh with you know, with that price support, Jeff, why don't you talk a little bit about what that's gonna kinda look like for GT, the price
0: Yeah. Point? So we have some price support there for the actual tournament, the Michigan GT or the North American uh, Championships. Uh, and some of our prize support... The most important prize for the Michigan... or for the North American Championship is the Challenge Coin. So GGS, in all their tournaments of eight players or above, uh, offers a Challenge Coin to that tournament. A Challenge Coin can be used as a Destiny Stone in future tournament play. and so And the player with the most Destiny Stones at a tournament gets to use that twice and you so can also uh, uh,
1: toss it at an
0: enemy's model Yep. and what and watch them leave
1: in frustration
0: yeah it's a it's a really hefty coin don't it's really that. nice anyway so that's our challenge coins there um, the other the other thing is if you want a uh, fate stone for your leader as I think what we're giving out uh, bring us six dollar or ten dollar above uh, toys for tot don't wrap it uh, but we're involved. We're partnering with the uh, Marine Corps to do Toys for Tots, and so you can bring a toy in, and you'll get a benefit in the game um, for that for bringing a toy in. I, I didn't know. Us. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we're big on charity with uh, our podcast and the GT, and so we want to make sure that we're uh, helping helping those charities out. In fact, I'm giving something for a charity raffle there as well to uh, to free bands. I need to paint. Anyway, so the <laughs> Challenge Coins. Start of <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Jeez, I'm looking at a wave of silver over here. Anyway, so the Challenge Coins um, is the primary prize. You get that if you win. Uh, but then aside from that, uh, the winner will also get a uh, glass mug and, uh, with the G- Michigan GT logo on it, and uh, they look pretty nice. I'm looking at two of them right now, uh, so they're pretty nice mugs uh, that to commemorate your victory. Um, we also have uh, four starter boxes that we'll be giving away. We have an everlasting wet palette, the blue one, so that's the XL Ooh. version. I actually am really excited about that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah that that might be the prize.
1: I want the coin, but that's second. That's second to the coin.
0: Oh, I know, right? That might be the prize that you actually want. Anyway, so like there's that wet palette, and the extra large one is fantastic for, especially if you like to mix your paints to get different colors and things like that. That's that's the palette that you want. And then uh, we also have two set of Elderwood dice, uh, polyhedrals should be, uh, for the game as well that we'll be giving away, or that are price support there. And Elderwood, those dice sets uh, run $90 retail, and they? so they're very nice dice sets So you, you can look forward to those And then lastly uh, And this isn't prize support We'll be raffling off A wandering wizard painted up By Andrew Weber And I gotta say I have this model It's at my house right now And mm-hmm. it is Gorgeous Oh yeah, my I gosh that. And That's Andrew cool. I did it's fantastic Andrew you went above and beyond This is such an awesome mini uh, and I honestly, like, I, I kind of want it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, for it. Hey, oh, this, no, I lost one, it. <laughs>
1: uh, is this the, which Andrew is it? Is the one that's been doing Weber, the Weber. conversion?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's up at, yeah. he's one of our Canadian friends. And so, uh, he, he sent that over because the borders are closed and stuff. So they sent us a care package along with that. Everybody who plays in the Michigan GT is going to get five acrylic, uh, tokens, Uh, objective markers uh commemorative objective markers and then uh you're also going to get a measuring stick courtesy of the basement collective for those of you don't know that's the armitage brothers kevin Mm. and irvin up there in canada so they sent us a care package that includes the wandering Wizard. so i mean we're just chock full of uh stuff that you're gonna get at the michigan gt
1: yeah, thanks to our Canadian neighbors, we really appreciate that. I wish that you guys were here so same, that we could um, let you look at the coin for a little while, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the uh, the
0: the uh, the cup between the two nations. Let you just stare yeah. at that and think about drinking out of it
1: yes um well yeah thank you guys so much those guys are awesome all of them up there andrew he's posted some stuff on the freeblades players page and his stuff looks really good he's got some really good solid just painting skills and he's done some really fun conversions i was talking about there so look those up if you get a chance they're just just really good time so
0: yep um, and uh congratulations (laughs) by the time you listen to this andrew you're probably retired so congratulations on your retirement
1: (laughs) hey yeah congratulations Anyway, Um, So yeah, that being said, um, let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes here of the episode, which is a Gen Con breakdown. So Jeff, um, let's first start out with, uh, what was your, this is your first Gen Con, so what was your general impression of Gen Con? Not necessarily what you were doing, but general impression, the feel, everything going in.
0: Standard nerds. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> there were a lot of like there were a lot of people there, there were a lot of cosplayers. Um, it was a really cool and lively event. I was really excited to be a part of it. Um, Gen Con as a whole, I, I think my favorite cosplay was uh, Sir Robin. You know, brave, brave Sir Robin, he bravely ran away. When danger reared its ugly head, he bravely turned his tail in front. All, right, all right, we got to stop for copyright <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, I think uh, that was really cool, seeing him. But also there was a little uh, girl there that had plushy Pokeballs, and every time her dad saw... Uh, Somebody that was dressed as a Pokemon, he said, Go get that one. And with a squeal of delight, she would charge across the room and throw this plushy Pokeball at the uh, cosplayer. That's <laughs> awesome. So there was a lot of cool stuff. A lot of, lot of vendors, really cool. It was smaller than most Gen Conso, I'm told. Uh, th- I think the cap was 30,000 people. Yeah, I
1: was going to say there's still 30,000, which is apparently about 50% of the piece. norm or last year.
0: Yep, so. So. Still it, quite was, a, it was massive. sweet. Honestly, though, I got to say, and this is a shout out, uh, my favorite part of Gen Con, when I take like the whole week uh, together, was honestly, it was just hanging out with the DGS crew at the uh, house that, that uh, they had for us to lodge in, because I was running demos for them most of the uh, most of the day, or most of the week and so it was just a blast to like sit around and chat and actually a uh, shout out to our uh Tarch podcast uh you can listen over there in the next couple of days whenever dan gets around to editing that we did a round robin where we just sat around and uh chatted about free blades and uh, for a while and so that that'll be a really fun podcast to listen to and so uh go when Dan uh, finally post that. Go in over to Tarch and listen to their stuff. That was a great time.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking for good Freeblades content in general, Tarch is a very good... Um, him and um, Jen have done some really fun episodes and just yep. talked about some really good stuff there. So
0: For sure. So that that's Gen Con.
1: All right, so moving on from that. Jeff, what did you primarily do then? Uh, you went as a DGS... Um, Ambassador, we shall say.
0: Quester, Quester.
1: Quester. Well, I meant well okay. I know there's an official term, but that was just mine. Anyway, <laughs> um, but so uh, did you when you were go when you went in, did you know what you were doing ahead of time or
0: Yeah, so I we had a general idea of what we were doing ahead of time. We knew I knew I was going in to do uh, demos and I figured I would be running demos. So Matthew Gooch runs up the Quester program and he was helping out with the demos. So we ran demos, uh, they, we had demos scheduled for noon and three o'clock on, uh, was it Thursday and Friday and then one at noon on Sunday, uh, Thursday and Friday. We actually ran demos from like 9am till 6pm because, excuse me, people just, uh, kept swinging by and, uh wanted to see what our game was all about because we had cool train and and fantastic models. And <laughs> nice. so
1: uh, uh, how many people would you say you personally put through demos?
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, maybe 30 plus wow. over the weekend awesome. 30 40 somewhere in there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um I mean we were we were all the whole crew was like running demos nonstop. And so we always had people playing free blades at the tables awesome
1: yeah that's that's great um, that just a quick plug too for any of you new gen con people that went through the um, went through the demos and stuff um, welcome first of all the community welcome to the best gaming community as far as war gaming that you're gonna find um, and I then that. Uh, second to that this is a shameless plug but if you're listening to this and you've gotten this far um we have a lot of content on the podcast for new players as far as starter boxes and where to go from there so check that out if you just bought a faction and you're not sure what models to pick up or strategies go back through our episodes even more recently on our our page we have Trezorites and some other stuff so go in and check that out and um Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, on to more questions. And so, sounds like you had an awesome time doing demos. Um, Let's talk about, I guess, the tournament. So, first of all, tell us about your list. Let's start there. Who'd you play? How many points was it? And then a little bit about the list building or a lot of it, whatever you want
0: to do. Yeah, so it was 250 gold uh, list, and I decided to play Trezorites. I had actually painted them up for the Adepticon tournament that Never happened. Rip. Anyway, uh, last year. Yeah, COVID. Anyway, but uh, so I had painted them up, so I was like, well, I'm going to run them at this tournament. Uh, it was uh, a Kashark, which is the uh, mounted leader that they have on a Velazor. And then two Velazor Knights, um, which are, again, mounted. Uh, two Daklos Ravagers, again, mounted. And then a Sunbringer. Uh, he's not mounted <laughs> and, uh, yep. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's another story. I won a couple of games where I forgot to use him <laughs> and then, uh, you or, to uh use them yeah, them. or I used him inappropriately. And like this, he ran around and, and laid down and then stood up and then ran some more. It was, ridiculous.
1: and this guy won get out of here <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> mistakes were made. Um, and then I brought, so that's one of my heroes, those five guys are my heroes, and then I brought a Legionnaire and a Cohort Archer along with me.
1: One Cohort Archer. Did that guy do his work, or?
0: Oh, and, uh, no, he didn't. And, um, <laughs> he didn't do, I think he got two, like, uh, I don't know what they're called in Advance Guard. He got two points in oh, Advance no, Guard. Oh, uh,
1: no, Recon Points.
0: Recon Points, yeah. Uh, and then the... Each of the Velazor Knights had an item. One had improved armor, and one had a fine weapon. Nice, okay. So there you go. That's the list.
1: All right. um, So tell us a little about your list-building process. Uh, Why did you pick the mounted or mostly mounted units?
0: Honestly, uh, I think this is my favorite part about the list. Uh, so a couple of months ago Or actually Maybe even longer Anyway a while back uh, There was this conversation going on That mounted Lists sucked And that mounted Models weren't as good as dismounted models And uh, So to run an all mounted freeband Was bad And so <laughs> Honestly the list kind of spawned out of that I was like all right I'm going to run all mounted stuff and see how this works, (laughs) you know, because people were saying it was bad. And so, yeah.
1: What? So did you have any um, scenarios like
0: uh, where you had to pick up, uh, do special actions
1: with the mounted people at all?
0: I did. And so that that is one of the things. Mounted uh, models have to choose hold to be able to do a special action because they have to get off the mount, go do the special action, and get back on the mount. So they have to hold. Uh, to do a special action. And uh, I did have one scenario that was special action oriented. It was our last one. I played against Aaron Newell, and it was advanced guard. Uh, those are actually in-phase actions, but they count as special actions and how they function, so you have to do a hold to do it.
1: Okay, because... Uh... That's interesting. I was just playing it, and it didn't say anything about that for in-phase actions. It just says you, you it's have Knowledge chest 7.
0: It does, and then you have to go look up what an in-phase action is, and you read an in-phase action, and it said anything that would prevent you from doing a special action prevents you from doing an in-phase action,
1: mm. including
0: if you had taken a special action during the... Uh, okay,
1: well, well, buddy, our game would have been changed then. I was using an older rulebook, though. It's probably an errata that came out.
0: It's uh, I don't, I don't think so. In phase actions have been like that for a while, but you have to go mm. digging for them.
1: Okay, I so. looked it up special, even in phase actions, but I must
0: have missed that. Oh, okay, that, so that's fine. Oh, yep. uh, no, it. Let me
1: take that back. I read it and it said, um, you can't be engaged in melee to perform one, and you can't do something else and something else. There was three actions that my that version I was reading said.
0: Gotcha. We're you using my old printout one. Yeah, it's way old. Uh, That's a pretty old rule book. Anyway, the rules don't actually change that much, but they redid specifically how special actions uh, work and what is a special action, what isn't, and so on and so forth. And so uh, that's probably why.
1: Well, that'll be some good reading for me later (laughs) because I'm going to need to know that for the tournament.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty important. Anyway, so uh, yeah, special actions were going to be a challenge for this list. But, like, the whole reason I brought the list is just because people said mounted units stunk. And then, but, Jeff, what about your follower choice? What governed that? Uh, thanks for asking, Jeff. Um, Legion- <laughs> <Get out laughs> Legionnaires are uh, the most, like, they're just rule of cool. Honestly, most of the list is rule of cool. Guys riding velociraptors and pterodactyls is pretty cool. Um And then uh, Legionnaire is really good, and Cohort Archer is cheap. But honestly, I'd love to tell you that I had some deep tactical reason for taking those two followers. But the reality is, um, those are the only two followers I had, and I needed to paint them up. I, I needed to paint as few models as possible just to get into the tournament, so I brought those two guys.
1: I feel like the tactical reason you pick a Legionnaire is because it's a Legionnaire always. Always. And if you listen to our Trazerite episode, uh, we explain that, but he is the cream of the crop for followers.
0: Although I might I'm considering dropping the Legionnaire, picking up th- dropping the Legionnaire and the Two Items. Cohorts. Picking up three cohort or ar- more cohort archers, and then maybe swapping out the Sunbringer for a wandering wizard.
1: Hmm. Interesting. That'd be a fun list. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, take out the cohorts and bring dinos.
0: They can't pick up
1: stuff, so they'll be sad. No, the, the whole hours.
0: reason the cohorts are coming is to do special actions.
1: Yes, yeah, so I thought. All right. Yeah. Objective one. <laughs> so that's a little bit about your list. Um, tell us uh, about some of your games. Uh, what was kind of some challenges you faced? Uh, maybe some tactics you used generally?
0: Yeah. <laughs> if tactics were go that way, hit them with your stick.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> About that flying thing you did on the rock and the thing,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you saw pictures, uh, the yeah, I was like, the challenges I faced, the challenges I faced, I know, right? But hey, man, I'm gonna take it. The challenges I faced was I actually played Mershael all three of my matches, so. Three players brought Murshael and I faced them in all three matches. Um, So that was kind of rough. Murshael have a lot of really good shooting and really good close combat. And so, especially with the really good shooting, I need to close that gap quickly. I had speed to do it, but uh, you still got to close it well. So that proved to be a bit of a challenge to close those gaps. Um, But what I did with the Daklos that, Juice is talking about. They have a great ability called Hit and Run. And, uh... There was some rule I forgot about on them. Oh, they have Bull Rush. I never use Bull Rush, even though I charged <laughs> with them all the time. I always forgot to use Bull Rush. I'm such a dork. Anyway... Oh, what uh, are you they... doing? Are you sure you I, won? Did they I just give
1: have... you a consolation from it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they might it? Don't tell that to Aaron. He's gonna paint my models with a hammer. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, the, the Daklos have hit and run, and so I would charge into combat and do my thing. And then uh, whatever the result was, I would make an agility test. TN's a four plus one per additional model in melee. And uh, try to get out. I'm rolling a D12 to make that. And so there was only one that I failed over the course of the game. Uh, tournament, rather. But uh, maybe one or two. But I would run in and hit them, and then I would move out and land on top of a building or on top of a rock formation, and that made it so that I couldn't be charged. I wasn't like, you, you're not going to charge me if I do that. And so that gives me the ability to dictate where I'm going and what I'm doing by being on top of those buildings. And so that was a pretty good tactic, I felt. And it's like a really obvious one with the Daclos Ravagers and stuff. Or Paracures. Or Talsatars. Or whatever they're called. The Pegasus Knights. For a trillion. Any flying model, really.
1: Yeah, which... Um, you know, I don't really see the Pegasus Knights in list yet. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some of the GT. That'll be exciting. Because I well, haven't played a single game against one of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a guy at the tournament that... Uh, was running trillions, and he had two of those in his list. Nice. Okay. It double-torched on the damage roll.
1: Oh, man. And how yeah. brutal. Yeah. Tarching in tournaments, man, it's just rough. I remember, I think I, the, a couple of GT a couple of years ago, this pivotal moment where I was supposed to kill this guy, and I would have killed this model who was getting advanced guard, getting points, I charged in and I tarched and I had a plus two because he has a plus one base and a plus one for charging, plus two. So I had a three total on my damage roll, which is enough to kill this follower. But tarch is a tarch. But tarch is a tarch, and you learn the hard way.
0: Yeah, tarches are yeah. automatic failures. Luckily,
1: Julie called me on that. It was like my first tournament or something. I was, I was in the heat of the moment. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she uh, she walked around. She's like, "You failed." <laughs>
0: Yeah, the gals at the DGS there booth, they they, uh, they can give anybody a run for their money, for gosh, sure. Yeah. She ran
1: me through my first demo. Uh, well, you did, but first official demo, I guess. And uh, that was a good time, for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure she let trials rights win, which is nice of her. But, you know, I had a good that, time with
0: it. So. That'll be at the Michigan GT. She'll be, Ju- Julie will be there, and she'll be running uh her little demo. So if you if you haven't checked out Free Blades and are considering it, uh, swing go over to I think she'll be around AFK Games, their booth, and uh, she'll be running demos over there. Also, AFK Games will be selling Free Blades models at the Michigan GT, so you can pick stuff up there.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah. So. Uh, tell us a little bit more, what kind of challenges did you face, what was difficult then about the Mershael or um...
0: so Mershael have, like I said, they have a lot of range shooting so I need to close that gap quickly so they're kind of scary, I do have a counter to kind of some of their weirdness that they do, their counter attack that they do uh, with the Velazor's having quick strike so I had a counter there but uh, Mershael are a very strong list, uh, 5-5 uh, defensive an av and then uh they have d10 to hit with both their bow and their melee weapon and so what i needed to do was come in and hit them with um the combats that i wanted to hit them pet with. Rock. yeah pet rock uh i needed to hit them with the combats that i wanted to hit them with uh but honestly uh probably the biggest challenge i had was my second game I played against Andrew Potter. And so for those of you guys don't know, Andrew Potter has four coins. He's one of the higher uh, coin holders. And uh, Potter, and he's going to be at the Michigan GT, just so y'all know. Andrew, uh, he brought an illusionist and he put up illusory terrain solid. And so that was a TN7 uh, to knowledge test to try to get through the illusory terrain and my velazor wasn't charging oh man it was rough and he had kind of created this little bunker anyway so that was that was hard to overcome uh and then i rolled a seven on my knowledge test and i literally yelled i was like yeah and like yelled and the whole gt in fact some people went over to the booth and got a demo from julie because they saw how much fun i was having playing the game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, anyway uh, but the main challenge I had was in game three with the in phase actions that we had talked about my army is all mounted I can't do those in phase actions and so I need to prevent I need to slow down or prevent uh, Aaron who is an excellent free blade player um, so to prevent Aaron from doing those special act- or those in phase actions or at least slow him down somewhat and then I also need to uh, either do them myself or kill his guys. And what I ended up doing was I uh, killed his guys. <laughs> yeah. Strategy of the ages. Yeah. Well, I knew I wasn't going to win by in phase actions. That wasn't going to happen uh, because I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the economy. Yeah, you couldn't to do outpoint them, yeah. So I had
1: outnumbered you probably by two models, right?
0: Two or three, yeah. And so I needed to try to break his guys, but I also needed to kind of keep pace with him. So my uh, cohort archer got two of those points um, to try to keep pace with him. But I got my... So my list has, a I call it a wombo combo or whatever. It's not really, uh, because they've been able to do it forever. Actually, Trazorites have always been able to do this. But if you charge with a Velzor Knight, they have a lance. The lance gives shock. And what shock is, is you have advantage on attack and damage rolls. And so, which is great, right? So that's really powerful. But it also says that you can stand off with another shocked a uh, model using shock, rather. You can stand off with another model using shock. So I charged in against a reaver kindred. You got shock. And then... I charged into the back of that guy using standoff, getting shock again. Aaron tried to disrupt this thing by bringing a um what is that guy called? Stalker, into the fight as well. To try and disrupt my shockness. Now the turn that you're using shock, you can't parry. Right? Because you're Lancing it up. So you are vulnerable the turn you're using it. But that's why my lead Velazor had fine armor. So if they didn't achieve a threshold three, he was A V six instead of five. And my follow up Velazor had a fine weapon because he's the follow up guy, he's not getting attacked anyway. And then I gave Bone Crusher to that guy. Well oh, so that nice. guy's Bone Crusher triggered. It's a uh, Runa's Rage, the spell. And so that guy's bone crusher triggered, and everything went to crap. I killed both of them. His leader failed its discipline test and ran away, and I lost a uh, Daklas Ravager that turn as well. But I killed the uh, uh, Reaver Kindred and the Stalker on that charge. Dang. Cause, toot toot, <laughs> I'm coming through. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that sounds. sounds
1: they hit. Intense. They hit
0: like a ton of bricks.
1: Yeah. So don't let them charge you. That's the, the moral of the story. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. But, yeah, I don't want them charge you.
0: Yep. Um, um, if you can prevent the charge on a Velzor Knight or anybody that has shock or assault, really you got to try to prevent that charge.
1: Yep. Um, so with that, Jeff, what's some advice that you have people going into the GT? Um, give us some general list building advice. Give us some... Um, Maybe some tactical advice, and then uh, anything else you think applicable.
0: All right, cool. So here's my list building advice: bring the models that you want to bring that you think look cool. There you go. There's my list build, building advice. Um, Job's done. Job done. Yep. All I like zook, is wandering.
1: Zook. All I like is the wandering wizard. To yeah, finish. that
0: is that is your favorite. And 80 um, bells bezel Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, so bring, for Freeblades specifically, bring the models that you think look cool and that you like to play with because Freeblades, and I said this all week long, but Freeblades is a game more about what, how you use the models on the field than what models you bring. So as an example, I mentioned how good the Velosaurs are on charge. I charged into, uh... I think it was against Andrew... Yeah, this was against Andrew Potter. I charged into his guys, killed somebody. I can't remember who. I think it was a follower. And I had two options. I could back up three inches, which was enough space. It was like four and a half to give me another charge next turn. Or I could move to engage the caster. Now, some people would want to get that charge off so they're going to back up. But it was more beneficial to get the caster... And so using the model uh, correctly and using the model to its strengths is really important. Um, so it's about how you use the models that you bring, not what models you bring. That's key. And so uh, that's what I love about Free Blades. It's not a list building game. It's a tactical game. Uh, the other thing I can uh, throw out there for like tournament play is uh you gotta know you you know, know your opponent and what your opponent does. Um I've juice I've mentioned this to you a couple of times, but you know. Uh if you get a lunch break at work, grab the rule book and read movement or read close combat or read you know a couple of talents during lunch at work. That's gonna help you win tournaments. Just reading the rule book. Because you're going to know what the different models can do and what they can bring, and uh, how they function on the table. As an example, if you don't know that a Blade Rider has blade dancing, you're going to be caught really unawares and off guard when they blade dance you. But Ew. if you but if you know they have that, then you're going to play in accordance with that rule. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. It's like you know. Bring the models that you like and that you think look cool because it's not about list building. It's about using the models that you bring. And then read the rule book. Those two things will help you win tournaments.
1: Cool. Well, uh, with that, um, I think that about wraps up the episode. Um, I will say real quick, just again, um, if you haven't got a chance to, uh, just check out um, our page. We're going to be doing some giveaways in the next coming weeks for some awesome stuff from gadzooks gaming so uh stay tuned for that and um we should be doing i think one of the last two or three faction highlights for free blades and then we'll probably be moving on to some uh other games content as well as thinking about our next content for free blades uh we'll probably give a michigan gt breakdown um after that as well so we're really really excited about that
0: um yeah so and just a huge shout-out to our sponsors, Gadzooks Gaming. They are uh, a great company that has sent us some um, product. Their brushes are really good, and you can look at uh, those uh, brushes. And then uh, also, like the, you can get Malifu from them and a number of other games. So check out Gadzooks Gaming. And then uh, the other one, DGS Games. Uh, they're the creators of free blades. Uh, they are one of our sponsors as well. They sponsor, they gave us a Kirk to give away. They're a great company. Having just spent the weekend with the company, uh, they are a great company, tons of fun to hang out with. Come by their booth at various cons, get a demo from Julie, uh, you know, say hi to the folks behind the booth or come get a demo from us out on the floor. Uh, We really appreciate uh, both of our sponsors, Gadzooks and DGS.
1: Awesome. Well, with that, you guys have an awesome day or night, whatever it is there, and we will talk to you later. See ya. Thanks for listening.